0: Hello again and welcome back to the CapU Blues Podcast. Brent Mutis here from the CapU Department of Athletics and Recreation. It's episode 8 and this time we're talking some Blues women's volleyball where we caught up with alumnus Michelle Albless, one of the best students and student athletes from Blues history and also a great assistant coach. She had some great stories to tell. Hope you enjoy this episode. Let's take it away. And welcome to episode eight of the CapU Blues podcast. Uh, We're excited today to be joined by an alum of the women's volleyball team. And uh, joining us for the CapU Blues podcast today is Michelle Alblas. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So um, I wanted to start off just letting you kind of set the stage of uh, where your life is at now, kind of catch people up on that. And also, if you could talk about what the last two years has been like. Obviously, we're not quite post-pandemic like we wish we all were, but um, yeah, just uh, let everybody know uh, what you're up to today and what the last couple of years has been like for you.
1: Yeah, so um, after I finished playing at CAP, I went over to UBC and I finished off my uh, degree in human kinetics um, and then did a year in the education program, so uh, since 2009 I've been teaching high school in Richmond um, most of those years have been at at Camby uh, teaching math and PE um, and then wow. recently in about 2017 2018 I finished my master's degree um, so I have that completed as well and yeah just been teaching and
0: Wow. That's impressive. Uh, Congratulations on your career and the master's degree. That's uh, not easy to knock off while you're teaching, I know. Um, And what's teaching been like the last couple of years? I mean, obviously there's been some remote learning and there's been some starts and stops. How challenging has that been?
1: Yeah, it's been challenging. Um, The one year where COVID first started, we were completely kind of online and remote. So, um, yeah, left for spring break and never, <laughs> never went back to school. So just an extended uh, time away, I guess, from the classroom or from the students where we were um, online providing our instruction. So very different. Last year, we were fortunate enough to be back in the school um, for most of the time, seeing most of the students. Some school students came all day. Other students came for half the day. And so trying to get a little bit more normalcy back um, in the routine, like seeing faces in the actual classrooms um, then this year we're pretty much back to where we were at other than some safety kind of considerations with masks and things which are very different.
0: Yeah, no, it's not been easy and certainly there's been starts and stops and lots of adjustments made here at CAPU as well, so I kind of get where you're coming from. Um, so I want you to take us back now uh to to your youth and growing up let us know where that took place and if also just let us know what relationship you had with sports when you were a youngster coming along
1: yeah I think growing up um we I think my mom had us enrolled in a few probably community programs here or there and I think I remember my sister and I doing gymnastics and I don't know if it was myself or my sister falling and running out of there and never really going back. (laughs) Um, And then a lot of our high school friends um, were part of um, a mini volleyball and a mini basketball program that was run um, in the community. So we, because our friends were joining, we joined that. So that was really our first exposure to, to kind of sport and team sports, I guess. And so yeah, started playing in the mini volleyball and mini basketball program and continued playing both of those sports throughout um, throughout elementary and then into high school all the way to grade 12.
0: And uh, I know you went to high school in Richmond. Is that kind of, that's where you're born and raised?
1: Yes, born and raised in Richmond. Yeah.
0: And I know you, you mentioned we were in a few different sports. We, before we get too much further, we should mention for those that don't know, you were fortunate enough to have a twin sister that came along with you to cap. And I'm sure you guys played tons of sports together growing up and you also have another sister talented athlete. So maybe you could just fill in the picture there.
1: Sure. Yeah. I guess I say we a lot because Melissa and I did a lot of things together. She's my twin. So yeah, we would have played all of the sportsmen and all of the same teams for the most part, uh, growing up. So both of us, um, played club volleyball, um, and then, yeah, both of us went on to play at Capilano. And then my younger sister, Christy, same thing played throughout high school. Um, and then she went over and played a couple of years at Douglas College and then transferred to Thompson Rivers once they changed over to a, what is it? CIS school, I guess, or a, whatever they're called now.
0: <laughs> U-sports is the U-sports. is the official name yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was definitely thinking we would touch on that, but how was it that your younger sister, Christy, I mean, you guys must have uh, put some sort of a recruiting effort on her when she was coming out of high school, but she didn't wind up coming to CAP. Did she kind of just want to forge her own path?
1: Uh well, we would have been competing for the same positions. So there ah. might <laughs> She was a setter as well. So um yeah, I don't know if we if if there was any talk of that happening, but yeah, she found her role and and place at Douglas. So
0: Yeah. I mean, that's uh an incredible story. The two of you, you your you and your sister Melissa at CAP at I think at least one season overlapped with Christie at Douglas. So there would have been some pretty intense nights in the gym. I think your parents probably would have uh, really, really been torn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think we were joking. I think always before the game, we'd like dress up in each other's like gear. I think we would, I'd put on the Douglas gear and she'd have on the cap and just fooling around. But yeah, I guess there was a little bit of competitiveness there.
0: Um, in the, you mentioned being in some youth kind of cl- volleyball clubs and things like that. I mean, when I was coming along, I'm a little bit older than you, but you generally don't get introduced to volleyball until grade six and there's a grade six, seven volleyball team, but it sounds like you had a bit of exposure to volleyball, maybe a bit younger than that.
1: Yeah, there was, um, Eric Enns who, um, his oldest daughter was in our grade, but he was a big part of the community in Richmond, um, and involved in Air Attack. Um, and so Air Attack ran a, um, Uh, mini volleyball program so for grades five to seven so I guess introducing the sport to the elementary school so every Friday we'd be at the elementary gym just learning being taught the skills and the positions and things and and so yeah that was definitely a a big kind of where we got into it for sure it was from him and
0: yeah and then uh, when it became a school sport were you all over that too like playing for your elementary school and I don't know if you went right into high school if there was a middle school transition for you
1: Yeah, no, definitely played on our elementary school team. And then when we got to Canby, um, Melissa and I both played on the on the grade eight team. And then actually we were really fortunate um, in high school to have a very good group of of girls that were um, athletic and talented, where actually in grade eight, we played in the grade nine league because we were stronger than I guess the rest of the the other schools so we actually in our first year competed in the grade nine league where I think we came second losing wow. to our our other our actual grade nine team so
0: yeah yeah well that is, seems to have held because I looked at the the first year roster for you at cap and there was plenty of Canby representation that first year and so we'll come back to that but um so uh you you became a setter Did that take root for you pretty early on in the game or did you try out a few different positions and then whenever other girls got taller than you, you, you maybe had to, (laughs) had to be set. I don't know how that went. Maybe you could let us know.
1: No, I think I was a setter pretty much from the beginning. I don't remember playing any other position other than being told that I'm going to be setting. And that's kind of what I stuck with. My only other exposure to another position was, um, in grade 10, I was on the zone for summer games team. Um, And we had a few um, good setters on that team. So um, the coach at the time would have me set in the first set. And then I actually was libero for the second set, which is really funny because for years I was told I could never pass. So (laughs) it's funny how (laughs) I ended up playing libero. And then so I alternated between setting and then playing libero on the summer games team that year. But that was the only time I ever did that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, So you're getting into senior volleyball. And I guess would you say club volleyball was a pretty well-established thing by this point for you as well? Like I'm wanting to kind of get a sense of how you started forming an idea about playing post-secondary. Was it through high school or through club or both?
1: Um, I think it was through both um, pretty early on. I think by the end of grade seven, we were, um, Eric Enns had formed a team of grade sevens um, for Air Attack. So we did have a little exposure to some game and competitions, probably at like the provincial level for club. Um, and then in high school, same thing, a lot of playing uh, high school volleyball and then also being a part of the Air Attack club in the off season as well.
0: So what what would you say was kind of the difference between high school volleyball and club volleyball at the time? Just the time of year? Would you think one was a higher caliber than the other?
1: I honestly think there was um... – Not a lot of differences, I think mainly because a lot of our coaches that we had in high school were also part of the club system coaching. And so, um, and then as well as the girls that played on my high school team were also on my club team. So very similar kind of experience. I guess the only differences would be that we did get the opportunity in club to play with a few other players um, who we normally compete against in the high school season. We're now part of our, our own team. But yeah, very similar in terms of the way they were run or the expectations from our coaches. Cause they were pretty much the same. <laughs>
0: um, on the high school scene, like I know there's provincials that you can qualify for. I don't know if that was part of the picture for you. Um, Can you describe your high school experience? Were you guys quite a competitive? It sounds like it started out that way. Did you remain that high level uh, throughout?
1: Uh, Yeah, we were very competitive. Um, In grade 10, we actually won the grade 10 provincials. Um, We traveled to Penticton, I believe, at the time and won the provincials in grade 10. And then grade 11, or my grade 11 year, we were competitive. I can't remember exactly where we finished. Um, And in my grade 12 year, we were Ranked number one going in. We had won all the big tournaments that year at UBC and Trinity Western and all the tournaments. Um, and we made it to the final um, in my grade 12 year, um, losing out to the home school Duchess Park up in Prince George. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, that's quite an, not too many people can say they played in the championship game of any sport in high school. So, yeah, really cool experience. Now, um, is it, was the recruiting process to cap kind of just getting started in grade 12 or did it happen more kind of on the club side of things? Talk about your, um, your process of selecting cap and, and getting to know Wayne Desjardins, who we're going to spend some time on.
1: Yeah. I don't remember thinking about playing volleyball kind of post high school or thinking that it would be an option. Um, I remember being at UBC one day in war Memorial, probably for a club tournament. Um, and Wayne had approached me and had a conversation with me about the possibility of coming out and, and setting for Capilano. So that would be my first kind of thought like, Oh, maybe I could take this further or play past high school. So he had invited me out to some, I think, open gyms and things in the summer and I went out and yeah. Yeah.
0: Was. Well, it sounds like he was looking at your team pretty closely because as we talked about, there was yourself and Melissa, uh, Crystal Bradstock was a name I noticed also from Camby and also Yuka Watts. All four of you, I think the same year, got recruited from Camby to come to CAP. So there must have been a lot of discussion amongst your team about, oh, are you guys going to CAP? Like, I'm going to CAP. You should come. Like, Do you remember it, it kind of unfolding that way, the conversations? <laughs>
1: Yeah, Crystal was a year older. So she okay. was at cap, uh, the year before I was. Okay. Um, and then Wayne had approached me. And then Melissa just came with me one day to like an open gym and, and fit right in. So she was a part of cap that way. I can't honestly remember how you, you might have been a similar way you just came to kind of a tryout or I don't know for program that she was taking was at Capilano and just kind of came to a tryout and, and became part of the team that way.
0: Yeah, it's not often you see four athletes from the same high school being all on the same college team. But I mean it's real it reflects well on the Canby program at the time, obviously. So
1: And then as uh, well, two of our two of our teammates played at Langara, Um from my from my grad year. And then our other another member of our high school team went the basketball route and played basketball at Trinity Western for her four or five years. So we all definitely had opportunities to play past high school, which was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive to have that many athletes on a high school team heading to post-secondary. Um, so initial impressions of, of cap and the team, like obviously you were familiar with, uh, with several faces coming in that were, that were from Canby. Um, was there players on the team that when you joined were formerly rivals that you'd played against in on the club or high school scene that you kind of had to get to know and, and then figure out as people,
1: Yeah, I think definitely a lot of familiar faces. Um, One I think was more familiar than the other would have been Laura Wagner. She was actually on the Duchess Park team that beat us in the high school season. So I remember going over to her place one time where she was staying down here in Vancouver and seeing a photo that she had and of her team winning the provincials. And you could see on their side of the net, they were all like cheering and super excited. And then if you look in the background of the picture, there's my team, like all on the ground devastated that we had just lost the final so that was pretty yeah.
0: fun <laughs> yeah no kidding that's uh that's had to maybe be a t- an awkward conversation the first time <laughs> yeah. <And> like hey <laughs> you remember me we're uh, we're gonna be teammates now uh yeah. but um yeah no it sounds like you've forged a lot of relationships that sort of stay in place to this day and what we'll come back to that especially with with wayne who's touched a lot of different athletes through his coaching mm-hmm. over the years so um what did you remember thinking about expectations that first year at cap? Were you somebody that, uh, was starting in, in the starting lineup right away or had to earn your time? What, what what was that? What was that first year like in terms of finding your way as an athlete?
1: I think I walked in there at a pretty good time. Um, we were a pretty young team, a lot of first year players from what I remember, um, with a few players that returned for their second year and Jill Hilliard being in her fourth year. But other than that, we are pretty young. Um, so I was fortunate to walk into where the, I think the starting setter the years previous to me had just kind of finished her playing days. And so I kind of had the opportunities to walk on and and claim a starting spot if I wanted to. So, yeah. So I was fortunate to play a lot in my first, well, my first year and years after that. So.
0: What do you remember about the league at the time? It's called the Pac West now, but it was the BCCAA at the time, and there was some more teams. I mean, who would you say? Uh, I think I know what you're going to say. Who is who is the biggest rival? Do you think in those years?
1: Uh, definitely Malaspina at the time. Bingo. Now the U, yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely. They were definitely one of our our stronger batches, and then as well as OUC. Yep. Um, they would have been also another really tough competitor um, for probably all of my four years
0: hmm and uh with your young team um I mean it sounds like everyone everyone I hear talk about Wayne Desjardin has good things to say um what was his uh influence on on your team, especially with with you being kind of young that first year?
1: yeah, I think he still had the high expectations that we were gonna do do well um um, despite us being not having the experience in the, in the league, I think the expectation was still there for us to, to go out and, and win lots of games and, and get ourselves into the provincial final or go further. So yeah, I don't think being young kind of held us back at all.
0: Follow the Blues on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Capilano Blues. And while you're at it, help us grow our audience. Please rate, review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. So, uh, do you recall how that first year played out? I know I sent you some some information about uh, some postseasons, and I know there was a there was a number of silver medals uh, with Malaspina <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> coming out on top. That happened repeatedly. Uh, I don't mean to bring up awkward memories, but that first season, um, do you remember how things played out going into the postseason?
1: I don't remember too much. I do remember a lot of times being in second, except for yeah. the one year where I don't think we even made it to the final. But other than that, always playing for playing in that final match at provincials, which is what we wanted, but just never being able to to get a win in those games.
0: And what about playing with Melissa? Like you were the setter. So that spot was kind of taken. I don't I, mean, I think you guys are twins. I think you're the same height and probably looked like pretty much the same athlete. So where where did she kind of find her niche?
1: Um, Melissa played power in high school for the most part. Um, and then when we got to Capilano, she played, um, libero. So she played in the back row a lot.
0: Yeah. It's quite the transition though, isn't it?
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But she uh, was responsible for getting you those good passes. So yeah, exactly. I'm sure you guys had a few, a few conversations on the court over the years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want you to kind of think about a year that there was three different occasions where you made it to the provincial final. And again, it was Malaspina who are some of the athletes on the other side of the net that you, that you recall that kind of, uh, carried them.
1: Um, they, oh, they've had a lot of great athletes on their side for sure. Um, the first year I think was a more, my first year, I think they had a more experienced team than us for sure. Um, um, but yeah, I remember like just as a setter, I guess, like at, on their side, they had a setter named Katie Mason, who was very, very good on their side. remember them having a super strong power hitter who wasn't very tall, but very effective. Uh, I think her name was Steph Bolin or Stephanie Bolin. Um, Jamie Broder, who went on to play in the beach Olympics, She was at one point wow. on that side of the net. So yeah, yeah lots of good, strong players for sure.
0: Now, on your side, I mean, certainly no slouches. You were a league all-star a couple different times. Um, You got a chance to play with the person that was our first women's volleyball guest, uh, Jen Dixon, now Jennifer Knight. Um, I think she might have come along a year or two after you. What do you remember about her impact on the team when she showed up?
1: Yeah, she fit right in for sure, and she was definitely made herself known right from the right from the beginning. Um, could always rely on her to to get a kill. Um, she, yeah, definitely a go to person to get the ball to when you needed in that crunch time. So yeah, awesome, awesome to play with for sure.
0: Um, I think what, maybe it was your last year on the team. You made the the provincial finals again. Did, did any of them stand out above any of the others? Like I know it was three silver medal finishes and I don't mean to keep harping on it but were any of them particularly memorable like does one stand out to you maybe maybe it was the last game you played I think you must have graduated on a on a silver medal too
1: Mm -hmm. honestly none of them stand out the only time the only provincial I can really remember is the being devastated in I think the provincial in Cranbrook when we didn't make it to the final I remember that and that feeling of just not being there our team was um, really upset for not making the final that year, so that 's what kind of stands out but sure. yeah,
0: yeah, and um, when did you start thinking about coaching because you had a significant assistant coach career at cap working alongside Wayne, so was that something you you started to develop interest in as you became more veteran athlete, or did it kind of come about later on?
1: Yeah, I think I had a good relationship with Wayne as a setter. we had lots of conversations pre game and post game about. Uh, set selections and game plans Um, so yeah naturally um, if he was when he was looking for kind of help I was there um, I wasn't there every practice but I was there I think two times a week uh, to help out at practices and then would go to most of the games Um, yeah just to kind of be another person that Uh, he could run off ideas off of and I help kind of take stats and I also help in practice just as a practice player just to have another body on the court as well so yeah
0: what did you find out about the game as a coach versus uh, playing I mean I know it tends to stick with you more as a coach when it doesn't go well right like as a player you kind of can put it behind you get onto other things but as a coach you inevitably talk about it with the other coaches and kind of stew on things was that your experience as well
1: Oh, yeah, definitely lots of conversations with Wayne or other coaches after matches about um, about how game plans didn't necessarily go exactly the way that you wanted them um, or things that could definitely be improved upon. So, um, yeah, definitely from a different perspective, um, which also is good, uh, like being a teacher in high school, like I do a lot of coaching now in the high school system. So. Right definitely allowed me to kind of see things from that kind of side of the court. Um, and how, um, how to kind of run practices or organize games or things to think about as you're putting your teams together. So yeah, definitely a a good learning experience for sure.
0: How about the academic side of things and getting used to being a post secondary student athlete? Obviously you, you did the student athlete thing all the way through high school, but, um, it seems like for yourself and for your twin sister, academics were really important and something that you I believe thrived at but was it always that way right out of the gate
1: yeah Melissa and I were both um strong in the classroom um throughout high school Uh, so I think naturally it just carried over when we got to um to CAP that we were gonna continue to to work hard to to do our to do our best so we yeah we both were very successful there so not a lot of changes
0: (laughs) and what do you remember about the um the blues varsity team as a whole, like a lot of support from the men's team and the the other teams when you guys were playing at home, some of our best home games, even now, I know fans have been at times not allowed in our gym this year, but when they are there, there's some, it gets pretty loud on a volleyball night in our gym. So um, what do you, any memorable uh, events that you remember at uh, was probably called just the sportsplex then, but the center for sport and wellness now.
1: Yeah, lots of time spent in the sportsplex, either waiting for your practice to happen or a break in between the class. So definitely a place where um, teams would go and just to sit to hang out, like I said, waiting for practice or waiting for the class. So lots of different interactions between like the volleyball teams and or like the basketball teams as well. Um, but yeah, and obviously a lot of times we traveled with the men's team on the bus. Um, so lots of kind of relationships built there. Yeah. Um, and support for one another. I remember never being really able to watch the basketball games though, because whenever we played at home, right. they were away. And so our schedules yeah. conflicted that way, but yeah, definitely a lot of support for the volleyball teams.
0: Yeah. Um, that we, something we try to foster, like you said, it's difficult. A lot of times when there's home volleyball, that means all the basketball teams are not there. So, um, but certainly certainly something we try to, uh, enhance if we can for our home, our home game nights. Um, so you played four seasons and then transferred to UBC. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, But I guess that year, that first year at UBC, you were, did you begin coaching right, right then?
1: No, I don't think I was coaching right away. I think I uh, coached once I finished my degree and got back into the, back into the school system, there might've been a year or two where, Yeah, I might have helped went back to Canby to help coach a high school team. But for the most part, it started once I finished my degree and got a position in the school.
0: When did you become aware CAP was going to host uh, the women's volleyball nationals? And did that happen while you were an assistant?
1: Yes. Yeah, that was still when I was working with Wayne. So, yeah. So I knew as soon as he would have known that we were hosting
0: what do you remember about that process i mean you would have been a coach um did wayne let you know like we're gonna try and make a bid for this and and working with people in the department i don't know how involved you might have been as an assistant coach but what do you remember about finding out and getting prepared for that nationals
1: yeah i don't remember too much about the whole process of, of getting it so i just was on the other side of things just knowing that we were going to host it um but yeah i remember yeah, I remember the final and the gym being super packed and, and we were all just super excited to be in the, in the finals, which was always something we wanted to get to. And yeah, it was awesome.
0: Finally got over the malice being a hump in the national semis that year, right?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That must've been an emotional, uh, high and hard to, hard to summon the same energy the next day. I would think yeah, whoever it was yeah. in the final that year. So, yeah. but I have heard the gym was packed and just crazy loud. So Probably, probably a, a highlight memory for you on the coaching oh, yeah. side.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, yeah. So I guess you finished your teaching degree, begin teaching, but remained a coach for a few more years, like right through the tenure of Wayne Desjardins as head coach, you mm-hmm. stayed with him um, right until I think he finished coaching. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah.
0: What would you say is his strength as a coach?
1: Uh, I think his strength would be, he builds really good relationships with the, with the students um, or with the players, students. Um, I, I think they ha- like he has their respect. He's got a lot of experience under his belt. Um, and so just, you just trust what he tells you and, and how he's trying to help you like become a better player. Um, yeah. He only wants the best for, for you and for the team. So yeah, a great coach.
0: I'd actually asked him to be on and he thought about it and ultimately declined, but he put your name forward. And so here we are chatting, but uh, he seems to be pretty influential on on a lot of different people. And I understand you remain in touch with him through to this day.
1: Yeah, Wayne and I will still uh, talk every few months. And since retiring from coaching and from teaching, he's gotten himself into cycling. So every so often we'll meet for a bike ride and do lunch. Um, yeah, so we still remain, remain friends for sure.
0: And other blues alums, obviously you've got your sister built in as a, as a, a friend of yours and a, a fellow blues alum. Who else do you, uh, do you try and stay in touch with?
1: Um, I'm actually in contact with Kara Loy, who was a setter at Cat before I was. Uh, okay. She was the assistant coach at Capilano while I was playing there. So um, we still remain in touch and we'll get together every few months as well. So.
0: If you ever look at the old blues archives, you're still amongst the all time leaders for, uh, I believe it's digs and aces. If you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think those are the two categories.
1: Yeah. I'm not surprised for the aces. My serve, my serve is not bad. (laughs) Um, uh digs I was a little surprised with because as a setter usually we're not known for our defense and so i was surprised that I was on the dig list but um I remember talking to the coach at Malaspina Shane Hyde one time saying that like his whenever we played Malaspina they always uh, felt like they attacked the setter position in position one and so I right. told him, you guys always went after me He's, yeah. I said, because I'm so bad at defense. Like, no, we went <laughs> after you because if I played the first ball, then I you wouldn't be in the yeah. second. So they were trying to take me out of the offense, not directly target me for my bad defense. But <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. When you play enough sets, you're going to get the first touch some, some, some yeah, of the time exactly, at least, yeah. right? So
1: you have to play defense first as we're told.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so um, what, what kind of role does volleyball play in your life nowadays?
1: Um before COVID, I was playing two times a week still in some co-ed um leagues, um, primarily reverse four. So two guys and two girls on a team. Mm -hmm. Um, and then now it's started back up again. So I'm playing now once a week still. Yeah, but I haven't, other than I think during COVID, at one point I was like stood back and realized, like, wow, this is the first time probably since I started playing that I haven't played in like over a year. So I was excited to kind of get back at it, and yeah, it's fun just to kind of keep up your keep it up for sure.
0: And on the coaching side, I think you mentioned that you work with some of the some of the different um, uh, grade age teams at at Canby. So, uh, what's that like for you right now?
1: Uh, Yeah, this year I started at uh, the grade eight level. So I coached the grade eight girls at Canby. Um, I was the athletic director at Canby for a few years. So I would usually coach A team where i needed to have a coach so i'd fill in some other teams and wherever i was needed i would slot myself into but um yeah i've kind of worked with a few groups and kind of brought them up starting at grade eight and taking them to grade 12 so last year a group that i worked with graduated and so this year i decided i would start back at grade eight and hopefully bring them up as well Um, I also coach some of the boys' teams because the seasons are different. So in the spring, I'll usually take on a grade eight or nine boys' team um, as well. So,
0: How about uh, the changes in school sports over the last year? I don't know if you followed along. It sounds as though there's, there's been some big changes in the governance of, uh, of school sports. Um, do you feel like it's in, in a good place? I know the pandemic affects everything, but are the kids still getting a good experience?
1: I think so. I know about, I know about the vote from our current AD right now, who was involved in the voting process. I wasn't directly knowledgeable about all the ins and outs about what the changes would mean. Um, I know some people agreed with it. Some people didn't. Um, But yeah, so hopefully we're in a good place.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, of course. And uh, on the club side, any involvement there? Has it just been through the schools?
1: mostly through the schools i find i do a lot of coaching in the in the fall or and or the spring with a school team so i try not to get too much on my plate um so i haven't been directly involved in the in the club at all
0: uh just to bring it back to the blues and your experience as an assistant coach what do you recall i guess it was about six years that you did it alongside wayne after after finishing as a player uh obviously coached in the 2007 nationals Um, Carly Deezing is a name that, uh, came up the last time we did a women's volleyball podcast. She was also a national CCAA player of the year. Um, while you were an assistant coach, what do you remember about working with her?
1: Uh, yeah, she was a great, a great player. She was our, our power hitter. Um, and again, as a power hitter, um, probably our number one power hitter on the team at that time. Um, just a lot of confidence in being able to get them the ball is definitely a good quality as a, as a hitter um, because there's lots of go-to times where you just put the ball out outside and hope for the best. So she was definitely um, able to fill that role.
0: Uh, what do you remember about the awards banquets, end-of-the-year Blues Awards banquets? Does that bring a smile to your face? I've <laughs> actually never been to one because we haven't had one in the, in the pandemic time, which is really... I started just five months prior to when shutdown happened. So I've actually never seen a blues athletic banquet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, always lots of fun um, to kind of get dressed up. I guess a lot of us being athletes don't do that, get the opportunity to do that a whole lot. So a chance to kind of get dressed up and, and all be together for a dinner and recognize like the year and the awards of the players. Um, yeah, lots of, of good experiences.
0: When was the last time you were at a blues volleyball game?
1: Hmm. I know I we have, haven't. We I haven't have had the result. Yeah. I have gone since yeah. since I've stopped coaching. Yeah. Um. I again, it's probably Wayne, Karen. and I met one night for a game, and and then went yeah. out for dinner or something. But I couldn't tell you exactly when the last time I. Yeah. Was.
0: Well, we didn't have a whole uh, the entire season last year. Twenty twenty one was yeah. wiped out and. This year it's there's been cancellations and there's been games we've had where there's no fans allowed so it hasn't yeah. been easy but um I generally say to most of the people I talk to on the podcast we'd love to have you out the next time uh it's it's a possibility you're two bridges away of course being in Richmond so <laughs> it's not simple right when when nope. uh when it's when the traffic is bad did you did you commute from Richmond the whole time that you played at Cap?
1: I did, yes. <laughs> wow.
0: You must have <laughs> we should have spent some time on traffic stories.
1: Yeah. We were, my sister and I were lucky, I guess we would have traveled sometimes if we had an early morning class, we might have missed a little bit of the traffic and if practices were later we'd missed kind of the evening traffic so um, I can definitely remember a few times being stuck or driving slow through the tunnel or over the bridge but um, we also live on the northeast side of richmond so we're not too far from the night street bridge yeah i know um john acob who coached a bas- the basketball team yep. at one point he's also a teacher here in richmond and i remember him seeing melissa and i after he was coaching and he was like how did you guys drive from richmond to because <laughs> he was struggling i'm like john you live on the other side of richmond like another 20 minutes like yeah. melissa and i were on this side of richmond like it cuts our commute by like at least 20, 25 minutes.
0: And so, yeah. When you think about playing in the BCCAA uh, uh, women's volleyball, who who do you think was the most dominant player you encountered? I assume that's kind of the highest level you played at. Who do you think was the most dominant player? Could be someone you played with or against. (laughs)
1: i know i'm struggling to think of the other teams right now. i
0: threw you on the spot there for sure
1: yeah Yeah. i i definitely feel fortunate to play with i think jill hilliard and jen dixon both super strong uh power hitters um especially my first year having jill in fourth year um she was like a firecracker she worked super hard um had like a high expectations for for everybody and definitely um someone who was a a great player to kind of play with my first year to kind of show you um the work that you needed to put in and just the fire and the the desire to win um was definitely there in her. So she was definitely as a captain definitely a, a, a player that sticks out in my mind. And then Jen very similar like um someone that you could rely on, um, to, to work hard and to put the ball away. So both of those players stand out. I'm struggling to think of someone on the other team. Um, we would have played many, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, when I think about the sports at cap, obviously volleyball, basketball, soccer, volleyball seems like the least accessible in terms of being a spectator and watching high level volleyball, whether it's international, like you see it at the Olympics and of course the beach game as well is pretty high profile, but What's, how do you, how do you consume the game as a spectator, uh, either when you were a player or now have you been able to get to some high level events when they've come to town?
1: Yeah, we hosted or Vancouver hosted, was it the Norseco? I'm not sure what the name was called. They were the Olympic qualifier.
0: Okay. Yeah. That was uh, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So I
1: did again, Kara, Wayne and I had met and we attended one of the, the Canadian games, um, but yeah, other than playing it myself or I never really followed it, followed it too much um in terms of, of the the higher levels. Um but I know I always like coaching the younger players, I always love or want them to get out and actually see a game at a high level, yeah. even like at like the Uh, youth sports or even at the college level I think I've taken them to a couple of college games too just to see the game being played at that level because when they're starting off in grade eight I feel like they don't really understand how what the game could look like Mm -hmm. Um, I know that giving them that that opportunity is definitely something that I I try to do for them because I think it helps them kind of see where they could potentially go.
0: Right. Well, I mean, with volleyball, there's not like an obvious pro league that has games every night of the week, which, you know, soccer there every weekend, basketball every night of the week, you can watch a game. So it's a little tougher with volleyball. It's uh, good of you as a coach to make the effort to expose kids to, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to college and university level um, athletics. Um, Boy, we're kind of getting through my list here really quickly. You're, you're very concise. And, uh, detail oriented, but, uh, before we let you off the hook, I know mm-hmm. I'd given you a bit of a heads up that I was going to throw a couple questions at you to close out here. But, um, if you were hosting your sisters for dinner, you're having, you're having Melissa and Christy over, what's your go-to meal that you're going to put on the table?
1: I think for us, it would have to be uh, homemade mac and cheese. <laughs>
0: hey, nice. Yeah. Yeah. None of the stuff out of the box. That's yeah. uh, ketchup or no ketchup on that
1: no catch up these days. Yeah.
0: If it's homemade, probably not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about, uh, after a long day at school, maybe you've, uh, taught a few classes and, and had to do uh, run a couple practices. You come home and just want to kick back and binge some TV. What's your go-to?
1: I don't know if I necessarily have a go-to. Um, I'm definitely have binged a lot of series. Um, I always like something where it's kind of a little more lighthearted, something where you don't have to focus too, too much watching. So love all the comedies like Big Bang Theory or Two and a Half Men. Those types of of things are always enjoyable. Network
0: television. You're not so much into like uh, pure Netflix or or, HBO. Oh, I do that too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I run. I have a treadmill at home. So when I'm running, I have lots of series that I play on my tablet. So I've gone through many, many series. So it's hard to pick a favorite, but yeah.
0: Nice, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to pass the time when you're when you're uh, when you're getting some clicks done on the treadmill there. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we've kind of come through all of the topics I wanted to cover on our chat today, but that's kind of it. So, um, I really appreciate you taking the time. I don't know if there's anybody uh, from the athletic department or former coach or even a, a former instructor here at Cap that you'd want to shout out, but I'll I'll let you uh, do that if you want.
1: Yeah. I'll say hi to everyone who's listening. Um, I hope, um, yeah, like Wayne was an awesome influence. And so, um, he's definitely somebody that I would shout out to and, and thank for my awesome experience at Capilano and getting me out there and giving me all the opportunities and chances that he did. Um, yeah, for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, so, so great to meet you here. And thanks for taking the time to chat about your volleyball career.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And there you have it. That's episode eight of the Capu Blues podcast. Our discussion with Blues Volleyball alum Michelle Alblas. Continue checking the feeds on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and SoundCloud for more Blues audio coming up in the future. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.